What's going on, hockey fans? This is episode 100 of the ClapperCast. Uh, this is August 16th, 2021, and we are looking to do our Metro Division off-season pre- uh, reviews, I guess. Uh, I'm Burke, and as always, joined by Sean. Sean, what's going on, man? Oh, just celebrating the 100th episode. Big milestone for us over here. Yeah, it's it's gone by pretty quick. It's uh, kind of tough to or hard to believe that it's... We've already done 100, or I guess we're in the process of doing our 100th episode right now. Um, it's been fun, man. Oh, I'm loving it. It's fun to actually put the put the fandom to a test and, you know, put our, put our knowledge out there. <laughs> yeah. Our excellent hot takes. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's part of it is just being comfortable, being open about our stupid opinions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I've been getting better at that um but yeah it's it's been fun man um and uh thanks for doing the uh, central last week um of course. solo episode i couldn't couldn't be there so appreciate that um but yeah i mean i guess we got some ground to cover um so let's let's dive into it the the metro is um you know looking like it's going to be another tough division in this upcoming season um and you know, there's a lot of teams that, that that could look dramatically different. So let's dive in here and uh, just going alphabetically. The first team we want to take a look at here is the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, Sean, why don't you take it off? How do you think that they've done so far this this off season? Uh, terrible, <laughs> honestly. And most of that for me literally just stems from giving Tony D'Angelo yet another chance at, in the NHL. Um. You know, we can also talk about how they've completely dismantled their goaltending tandem for cheapness, I guess. I mean, they had Alex Nedeljkovic, supposed to be their starter of the future. He's been developing and being a, been a top prospect for a few seasons, finally does well. They won't pay him a little bit more than they wanted to. They have Peter Mrazek, who was better than pretty much anybody had given him credit for. He was putting up some amazing numbers for them. They let him walk, too. They bring in Antti Ranta, who's, you know, it's a it's a decent contract for him. You know, two million per season for two years. That's fair, but he's hurt all the time. Um, they bring in Frederick Anderson, four point five million per per season for two years. Yeah, he's a decent goalie, but he's struggled mightily in Toronto, and I don't know if that's if he's going to be able to turn his game around well enough in Carolina. And he's also been injured on a semi regular basis in Toronto, if if I remember correctly. Yeah. So they're not doing particularly great i mean they've completely uh destroyed kind of the brand reputation the goodwill they had built up as just kind of the you know the fun the fun team of hockey with their storm surge bunch of jerks and all that by bringing in tony d'angelo now they're just rebranding the bunch of jerks thing into actually being jerks (laughs) um it's just not not a good off season for them and it's going to be hard like you said it's going to be a tough division again and it's going to be hard for them to compete when they didn't do enough to improve yeah and to kind of bounce off that tony d'angelo thing they're rumoredly interested in bringing in jake Vertanen as well so um was that a past rumor is that something they're still thinking about i mean i haven't seen any like thing develop on it but that's that's the rumor that's been going around is that they're you know they're kicking the tires on jake Vertanen. Uh, i'm just shaking my head about that one so yeah i mean i i don't think that they've done a particularly great job this offseason it looked like they were a team that was close 
and you know losing Dougie Hamilton and um you know oh yeah I didn't even mention (laughs) changing uh, I didn't even mention that (laughs) changing their goalie situation I don't think it's better uh you know Anderson and Ranta are both injury plagued like you kind of alluded to there um I think their blue line is a lot worse um without Dougie I mean they've got you know they got Jacob Slavin who's a great um you know shutdown kind of kind of guy he, he when Dougie Hamilton was hurt two seasons ago he showed that he had a little bit of offense that he could contribute you know they've got Brady Shea Jake Gardner Brett Pesci are all coming back uh they 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 signed Ian Cole they they got Ethan Bear they've got Anthony Tony D'Angelo and then they've, they also signed Brendan Smith um and so I don't know I don't think that that's a particularly great like top blue line in the NHL but you know they've, they've kind of got the a top two top three yeah that's up there between let's uh slave and shea and pesci but after that it's a significant drop off and that's such a change from you know what two three seasons ago when they had like the best defense in the league yeah so i mean like i don't know i i just i don't think that they're going to be as 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 strong and you know i don't have the confidence in in freddie anderson and anti ranta to you know, make up for the the weak blue line there, but hey, I mean, it's possible that they they, they can be surprising. They didn't have, you know, a, a, a massive amount of change on their front end. They still have to sign uh, Svechnikov here. Um, yeah, and the only thing they lost that I'm aware of is um, Warren Fogel, and he he left Carolina in the trade for Ethan Bear. Yeah, so I mean, they they uh, who did they even lose in the expansion draft? Oh, uh, Morgan Geeky. Right. So, yeah, a pretty, you know, impactful loss there, I think. You know, no no shade to him, but, you know, they still have a pretty great top six. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they added Derek Stepan here. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Svechnikov. I think it might – this is kind of the time where everyone's going to arbitration right now for, for RFAs. So, you know, if they can't get a deal done, maybe they might go to that might hold out who knows but um you know i i I don't know i just think that the their 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 forwards stayed the same they got worse on defense they got worse in goalie in my opinion so so if if they have anything going for them it's that the hurricanes have been overperforming for years with uh, the team system with the coaching style that they've had so they have a decent chance of hopefully being able to adapt and still compete next season and they probably will um it's just the ro- the the roster moves aren't doing them any favors. No, definitely not. This is this is supposed to be a time where they're supposed to be getting better and better to take over for Washington and Pittsburgh in this division, um, and they didn't they didn't take that step this season this off season. No, I I I think that you know we'll talk about this later, but I think there's a team that's you know another team in this division that has been crappy that looks like they're kind of might be bumping Carolina out of that that kind of trajectory in the division so yeah i don't think they did particularly well either um i mean one one potential shake-up thing here for them is that they do have ryan suzuki in their system he might be able to come in and you know if he's just like his brother in montreal he might be able to kind of make an immediate impact and maybe that you know gets things going i don't know but um well, we'll yeah, see. And similar on a similar note there with um, Seth Jarvis, who's a he's been pr- fairly highly touted um, and working his way up 
over the last season. So yeah, there's a, there's a couple of young guys who should be able to come in and help out their offense at least, but uh, you know we'll have to see if they can if they can make an immediate impact if they can break into the into the lineup in a meaningful way. Yeah, and if there's a Tony D'Angelo Ethan Bear uh, defensive pairing, I'm gonna laugh. And I I've always had a I don't know just a dislike of the Carolina Hurricanes and been definitely spurred on by the fact that they beat the Capitals uh, in playoffs, you know, a couple of years ago, and Justin Williams scored the scored the goal, I think, to win the series, and I, I don't know. I just don't like the franchise, <laughs> and, uh, you know, to see them make some questionable moves is just like, I don't know. I think that they had public opinion on their side in the last few years, and it was really frustrating as someone who didn't like them, and now, you know, they they, they got D'Angelo, and people are like, what, what are you doing? So I think they really yeah. lost that goodwill that that they had. Anyway, moving on here, uh, not to t- you know this isn't the Carolina Hurricanes talk show, so we'll move on to uh, you know another team that may or may not have had some locker room issues, but the the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Columbus Blue Jackets have had a, an interesting off season. They really have shaken things up. Um, you know they. They're kind of up against it with Seth Jones saying that uh, you know he had no real reinterest in resigning there, so they were you know working on a trade, and um, I think that they did you know some pretty good work um, with that trade, and um, you know they were able to to get uh, Adam Boquist, who's a great young defenseman who's offensively minded. You know they got a uh, first, second, another conditional first. Um, you know, that's, that's uh, basically lottery protected. Um, you know, I think they did well in that. You know, they, they were up against it, and they were able to get a really great young player. Um, and, the, the you know, the money that Seth Jones was looking for, they were able to, you know, probably put some of that towards Zacharensky, who, uh, you know, is, is the offensive guy, um, and spread it around. So I think that they... You know, there's done a few other things, but, you know, I kind of like what they're doing, and it's kind of a, you know, uh, get rid of Tortorella, let's change the team up, let's get some more new guys in here, let's get some new blood, let's change the locker room up a bit. You know, we don't have our long-standing captain anymore, we don't have um, um, Nick Foligno, you know, so let's uh, let's shake it up. So I, I, I kind of like what they've been doing, and, you know, it, the the weirdest thing of it all is that they lost Gavin Bayreuther in the expansion draft, and then he just signs them anyway. So they didn't really lose anything in that. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe you can just. How do you think that they did, John? I I agree. I th- I think this was a very positive off season for Columbus. Um, this is something I was expecting out of them a couple years back when they kind of they they sold the farm so so to speak uh, for that playoff run that one year and uh you know see an off season like this was kind of bound to happen where they were going to have to you know take a couple steps back and retool the roster a little bit and that they did i mean they they lost nick felino at the trade deadline they got a whole bunch of draft picks back they lost seth jones but they got in prospects and draft picks they uh they got in jake bean decent young defender they brought in uh jakob Boracek, or they brought back jakob Boracek for cam atkinson you know the the nice thing is that they were able to keep Patrick Line for another season, um, but the the key for them was just getting all those draft picks and getting a whole bunch of decent young players and prospects in. 
uh, that's going to go so far to helping them kickstart this rebuild and you know hopefully hopefully not have to do a full rebuild where they're tanking for a couple of seasons it's because of the the core that they already have set up here um but i think i think they've done quite well and i'm kind of looking forward to seeing this team because there's there's quite a few exciting pieces and it's going to be such a radical shift from what the blue jackets were under tortorella where they i i really noticed a strong focus on the offense this offseason you know bringing in you know, focusing on getting Wierenski back, bringing in Jake Bean and Adam Bokvist, both of whom are more offensive-minded defensemen. Um, you know, being able to bring, keep Patrick Line, like stuff like that. It's just kind of a resembling a a shift from what the team used to be, just in the mentality and how uh, how they're going to approach the game. Yeah, I, I I I'm excited to watch them too. I think they've done a really good job. Um, you know, Jarmo Kekalainen is, I think he's kind of an underrated GM. Like, I mean, we. We kind of sung his praises for trying to go all in with that team, you know. Um, didn't work out. I think he's done a good job of like kind of building back the pool of prospects. You know, I would even argue that it did work out because they had their most successful season ever. You know, obviously it, they didn't go all the way, but only one team can go all the way. Only two teams can make it to the finals. They still had their best season ever. Yeah, when they, they went won. All in. They they've they've won a playoff round now. You know, that was something that yeah must have been bugging everybody in that organization. Um, yeah. And I, I think that ultimately was a success that that season. Yeah, and I think that that Patrick Liney and Jack Roslovic move, like, you know, Liney's got to be better. He's kind of bet on himself again for the one-year deal. The Roslovic fit in now that there's a coach that won't just bench everyone randomly. You know, maybe they can get a little bit of chemistry going on lines. Um, I'm going to look for a lot of their younger guys to have some, some good seasons. You know, they've got, like, Liam Foodie, Alexander Texier, uh, Emil is a big one because he he started out great last season, and then he really lost his game, uh, you know, month or two in and struggled the rest of the way out. So that'll be that'll be someone to watch. Yeah, and and Emil Bemstrom too is looking to have a better year. But you know, all those young guys are looking to, you know, get a more stable roster spot in in the league. And so, um, you know, I think that they're, you know, they, they put themselves in a good position to have some veterans on the on this team but also have places for those younger guys and you know they brought in a guy like Sean, Sean Corrali from Boston so um you know adding a little bit of you know kind of like middle six bottom six guys that can you know just eat minutes for the team too so yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with uh this team because you know they lost Seth Jones he was having an absolutely terrible season last year um but they got some great assets from them and i think that their blue line looks really good i mean they've got a lot of solid defenders you know the gavrikov kukan guys like scott harrington like a bottom pairing guy but you know they've got a lot of uh guys with some offensive upside so i'm looking forward just to watching them next season and they've, they've still got that tandem of merzlikens and corpusalo which is you know solid so yeah, I think I think Columbus is uh you know, done done very well to kind of recover from that all in, oh, everyone wants to leave. Okay, let's kind of build back and I think you know, not having <laughs> Tortorella and having Brad Larson next season I think will be should be positive for, for the team and the organization moving forward. So moving on to the destination for Dougie Hamilton here. Uh this is a team that uh I'm also excited for. 
Um, you know, we started with a bit of a negative, moved up with Columbus, and now the New Jersey Devils. What is this team going to look like next season? I am excited to see what a healthy New Jersey team can do in the Metro this this upcoming season. Um, you know, hopefully their their team captain Nico Hishir doesn't have any sort of weird medical issues <laughs> this this season. I mean, that felt bad for the poor guy last season. He didn't start the season and then you know came back for like a game and got like high sticked in the face or something. And yeah, he missed. He broke his leg, missed the first like month. Came back, played like three, four games. Uh, took a puck to the face and broke his cheekbone or something up there and missed another month or two. <laughs> Yeah, and I think his importance to this team cannot be understated. Like they are so much better with him and on in the lineup. Yeah. Um and you know, we'll touch on what they've done in the offseason in a second, but um Jack Hughes had a really good second season. And you saw flashes of just uh, uh, such a high degree of skill with him and you know, he You started to see uh those those types of like Patrick Kane comparisons where he's just grabbing the puck and skating around the offensive zone for 25 seconds on his own mm-hmm. you know the little things like that that's showing that he's starting to find his game a little bit he's starting to understand how the NHL uh how the NHL play style works and just just that little bit of confidence in his game mm-hmm. yeah and uh like they had a, a bunch of uh good good years from a lot of their forwards like Jaeger Sharon Govich was a guy that was was really great. I think he could play like both sides of the ice too. And part of me penalty kills. Uh, he's fast. So yeah, they they've and then you know I've got Jesper or Jesper Boquist and Jesper Bratt and Miles Wood was having a good good year yeah. as well. Pavel Zaka too. A lot mm-hmm. of those guys had uh, breakout seasons offensively. I feel especially near the end because uh, a lot of them started to make a uh, quite a prominent name for themselves, scoring and you know putting up some big goals. Yeah, um, and so like they 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 were an exciting team to watch, um, and then the the changes that they've made, uh, starting up with the one we mentioned, Dougie Hamilton, signed uh, a big deal to come to New Jersey, and I think that this is kind of one of the huge things that their their team needed, is just a number one D man, and it just yeah, significantly it's, changes it's, their their team in my opinion. Totally, you know this is. I feel like this is why they brought in P.K. Subban when they did to try and get a number one defender, but Subban did not work out. And, you know, attempt number two in a similar style of defender is Dougie Hamilton to bring him in. Um, Not only is he going to be an absolute beast on that blue line, he's going to be able to take control of it. He's going to give them offense from the defense, something that they just did not have much of at all. But to me, the biggest thing is that this symbolizes that players are starting to think the team's turning the corner that the players in the league are starting to have some confidence in the organization that the biggest name free agent of the offseason went to new jersey you know that's showing it's such a vote of confidence from the players that you're you're able to attract that and they also were able to get in thomas tatar so they're getting you know big name free agents are coming to new jersey right now and that's that's a huge sign of of what players are thinking this team's going to do right away yeah yeah i i, I it's huge for them and you know Tatar uh you know kind of fell out of favor in Montreal but he's still a great scorer um so uh, you know yeah in, in his press conference he said you know a lot of players say this but he's like I want to play somewhere where I can win 
And it didn't feel like he was just saying that to say it. It was like you could see that teams like he thinks that they can win. So, um, you know, there's a, it's a really young forward group, and I think bringing in a guy like Tatar is, is huge. You know, he's been part of. Well, here's the thing: Tatar is actually their oldest forward. Yeah, that's what that's, I mean. That's like, on their cap-friendly depth chart. Like, <laughs> so like bringing in a guy like him who's you know been around the league, he's been on some winning teams, he's been on you know teams with great cultures is is massive i think um you know a huge uh role model for some of those guys and um you know on the blue line the big big story was hamilton but you know they also traded for ryan graves so a guy who was in colorado you know he played with kale mccarr uh, some other great uh, de- defensemen but he's a solid defensing or defensive player you know he led the league in plus minus two seasons ago yeah he was playing on colorado but you know that and he had a bit of a struggle last season, but um, you know, definitely a smart move for them. Um, you know, they they have got uh, Ty Smith, who was a surprising rookie uh, last season on the blue line and just did really well. Um, they they got rid of Will Butcher, who was kind of you know kind of the odd man out, um, but they've got Damon Severson coming back, PK Subban, who you know with with Hamilton there will have a you know a reduced role. Um, which I think will be good for him. Um, and then from there, you know, I think they might have a bit of a issue with, uh, you know, some some reliable depth. They've got Jonas Siegenthaler, who came across from uh, Washington, um, and then Christian Yaros, they picked him up from the Sharks. Um, and then they've, they've got some solid prospects because they've been, you know, kind of bottom of the league for so long. So they've got guys like Kevin Ball, who can come up, who's an absolutely massive defenseman who played on Team Canada in the juniors. And, uh, you know, I think he might have made his debut last season, but uh, he's a huge, huge defensive defenseman. So he could, you know, come in, play some bottom pairing minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, it, it's just like the it's, it's like two real changes on the, the, the skater side of thing, just dramatically change it. Um, and then... Um. In goaltending, they they brought in Jonathan Bernier after <laughs> Carolina <laughs> didn't sign him after trading out Nedeljkovic to Detroit, um, and uh, it's it's interesting because he's he's making like you know almost twice as much as Mackenzie Blackwood uh, on his new deal, uh, so I'm interested to see if he's gonna be like what the what the, what that looks like because I know. Um, You've you've been a huge Mackenzie Blackwood fan, and I know like there's some there were some absolutely ridiculous stats. I'm not sure if they were last season or the season before about uh, just how much better rookie year. just how much better they are when he's in net. Yeah, yeah. So Mackenzie Blackwood, he's absolutely one of the best young goalies in the league. Um, you know, like you just mentioned, his rookie season put up amazing numbers. Like the team was actually competitive when it was Blackwood in net versus anybody else. Um, however, last season. He struggled mightily, and it sounds like it was mostly due to him having a fairly severe case of COVID, that it's he really couldn't find his game. He didn't start feeling like himself until the very end of the season, and it showed. Like, he was not particularly reliable, and let's be honest, the defense didn't give him any help. You know, he's, he's stuck facing, you know, 10 odd man rushes every single game, so of course you're going to give up four goals on that. It's, you know, you got to get help from the team in front of you. But uh, he struggled, and 
earlier in the offseason, it, uh, you know, there were some rumors that started coming out that the team wanted to get a veteran goaltender to play in front of him or play with him. So there we get Jonathan Bernier, who has been solid playing on a terrible Detroit team. You know, he's put, he's putting up, he put up respectable numbers in Detroit, um, you know, with how bad that team has been. And, you know, they bring him into, I don't, like you said, I don't know what the, what the ultimate goal is. You know, they paid him quite a bit, so I feel like Bernier might even be the 1A going into next season. Um, but you have to imagine it's just, just there just to give Blackwood some some backup, give him, the, like, a mentor or someone to help kind of, you know, teach him NHL goaltending position, you know, how to handle it, just to help transition him a bit better after that rookie season. Yeah, they tried to do that by bringing in Corey Crawford last year, and, it, you know, Crawford retired <laughs> before the season started so you know that obviously didn't work out um so yeah i think it's a smart move um you know mckenzie's blackwood's their guy for the future but bringing bernier for now i think makes sense and you know maybe just get him in even if it's a 50 50 split or whatever or bernier plays the 1a just don't tire out blackwood um because they play so much better with him in the net um so yeah, I think like I'm excited about the Devils uh moving forward. I think, you know, it's it's been a rough couple of years, but they've always had like good they've never been like a easy team to beat throughout all of that. So, I think that's a a huge positive for them and just bringing in, you know, a few key guys, basically Bernier, Hamilton and Tatar shakes it up a lot. Um, you know, so I I I like that they didn't try and do too much. They kind of went after the guys that they wanted and um you know, I'm excited for for this season. I think they could be a kind of a dark horse for a playoff spot in this division. Or wild yeah, we'll card. have to see because you know there there are a couple of teams that are on their way down right away. Depending how much you know, we don't know how much longer they're going to be able to stay competitive. So there's a couple of playoff spots that are going to be up for the taking here, and you've got a couple of teams on the upswing. You know, it's going to have to be. It's going to be a competition to see which teams can make that jump and and when. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess moving on to uh, New York Islanders, this is going to be a tough one to kind of evaluate because they haven't done anything. Um, they have. So <laughs> I found out there's a reason for that apparently. Why? <laughs> it's it's this thing that Lou Lamorello is trying to do where they don't announce anything because they don't want to tip teams other teams off about what their cap situation is. Oh, I don't get it, because I there's so many rumors and and stuff floating around that it's you kind of end up knowing what's happening before the team even announces it. You're you're not wrong. The team has barely done anything this off season. Um, you know, in in any regard, even re-signing their old players. But uh, yeah, apparently they don't want to give up information on their cap situation or something, so they're just kind of keeping everything under wraps. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I sort of understand it. It's um, you know, trying to not have like teams have leverage on you, but at the same time, like, does it really matter? Every other team is kind of in the same boat right now with the flat cap, um, and they don't have anything like crazy to do. They have to re-sign Anthony Beauvillier. I think they're trying to work to to um re-sign Casey Sezikis, and then they have to re-sign Ilya Sorokin. So, like, what? three guys <laughs> it's like yeah, okay they're, uh they're not exactly in a in a cap crunch either they've got almost 12 million to do that 
Yeah, and uh, I think the other thing was that um, are they trying to um, re-sign uh, Palmieri? Um, that's that's probably the other thing. So it's like I guess they've got four guys there, but you know, like you said, they've got got quite a bit of cap room. So um, we'll see. Um, there might be a guy that's kind of the odd man out there, probably Sezikis, um, which would be a shame because that's kind of their, their huge line there. But if Sezikis takes a reasonable contract or whatever, and I think that, that, you know, they also had Johnny Boychuk retired. So that looking at cap friendly, you know, they've got a bit more room than, you know, than it says there, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, but this whole like mystery we're not doing anything it's just kind of getting old yeah. it's like okay like well all we all <laughs> we really know is they never even formally announced this one it just kind of got leaked but they re-signed andy green uh so that they could meet the exposure requirements of the expansion draft and then they re-signed adam pellick eight years 5.75 million fantastic deal for them that's great for for one half of the one of those amazing defensive pairings yeah and then they dumped andrew ladd and a bunch of draft picks for cap space yeah, and they lost That's Everly it. in the expansion draft. So, like, they've got yeah. lots of cap space. It's just yeah. you got to do it now. But, yeah, that, that so Pelic deal is great. Really, yeah. Yeah, so then they're going to have um, they're gonna have Pulak to re-sign after the upcoming season. So we'll see where he falls on that, how much of a raise he gets with uh, with how well that pairing's been the last couple seasons. Yeah, and um, did they – what happened with Nick Letty? Did he get traded? He got – uh, Nick Letty got traded to, to Detroit, Detroit uh, for Richard Panic. Right. Okay. So, Panic might be the replacement for uh, Sezikis. Then you know he's kind of a guy that can play up and down the lineup. Um, in Washington, he was playing bottom, bottom six, and yeah, some combo of that or Ross Johnston. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, hard to evaluate for, for for Eberle. I mean, they already had Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, working his way up, he played some time last season, put up some decent numbers, and Kiefer Bellows mm-hmm. um, had a fairly impressive debut with the team. It took him a couple seasons, but he was quite quite impressive those first few games. Uh, he's physically engaged, scored some goals here and there. So, yeah, and maybe Atu Ratti can uh, crack the lineup. Who knows? So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, like it's a kind of did they get better? Did they get worse? I mean, they lost. They they've lost guys and haven't announced that they resigned. But I. I'm just assuming that they have like handshake deals in place right now, and they're just waiting to just like, well, bam, 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 like announce them all at once in just one giant press conference or something, and Lou only has to answer questions once. So, um, that's what I'm kind of <laughs> thinking is is coming up. Um, but hey, I don't know. So, I mean, they they they've been in the top of uh, you know the the Eastern Conference or whatever conference finals. So, um, you know they've. They've been close. Um, can they? Can they keep? Can they sustain it? I think they have to re-sign Palmieri um, uh, for uh, someone who can actually score, um, and then uh, re-sign Beauvillier. He had a great, a really good season. So, and Sorokin. So until those things happen, we I don't really know. But um, I don't know. I guess we'll move on to uh, the second half of New York here. Um, and uh, move on to the uh, New York Rangers. And uh, Lord only knows what the fuck the Rangers are going to look like next year because they looked like they were real good, and now it looks like a very different team yeah, and not in a good way. They've got some holes. They, they've they done 
like, I mean, the team itself, they're probably going to be able to, re you know, replace what they've lost. Because, I mean, they didn't dump that much. It's mostly just finding a way to replace the production of Pavel Buknievich because they didn't really bring in anyone to score. Uh, they're going to be looking for guys like Kravtsov and Kako and Lafreniere to jump in and be more offensive than they have been or, you know, get an actual opportunity to do that. But the thing, like you mentioned, it's like, what are they going to look like? Because now you've got their dumbass owner meddling with the team because he needs, because he apparently just woke up from the 1980s and <laughs> needs to make the team be all full of grindy enforcers. So they bring in Barclay Goodrow on a six-year contract, trade for Ryan Reeves, trade Bukniewicz for Sammy Blay. Um, it's just a lot of a lot of that type of mentality, and it's just like, wh what's this gonna do to the rebuild? Because they were looking like a very strong, offensive, you know, dominant team, and you, you kind of look at their forward depth chart now, and it's like, it's it's a bit hit and miss depending on where those prospects fall uh, offensively. I think Tom Wilson broke this franchise because they brought in all these big guys or, you know, scrappy guys like Goodrow, Sammy Blay, Ryan Reeves. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, the Caps and Rangers games are going to be interesting now with Ryan Reeves and Wilson. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, like, the criticism of them when that happened was like, oh, they don't have anybody who can answer the bell and it's like oh well, let's get like four guys who can do that see like i don't <laughs> even, there wasn't even the criticism of that in that in that regard it was literally just stemming down from ownership no i just mean from like right? fans it was like oh you know we're a soft team whatever and then yeah ownership was like yeah you're right we are but i don't know i like i was excited for the rangers last season and it's completely gone away for me um the moves that they're making are just I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a there's that move in the league to, to get like big, bigger defensemen and grindier. I I don't know. It's like I think the success of this team really hinges upon the the season of Adam Fox. Um, if he can uh, repeat or even get close to what he did last season, they look they're looking okay. If he regresses or doesn't get to that in any way, I don't. Their blue line looks a little uh, weak. Um, and they've got Jacob Truba, who they brought in on a huge deal, and he's been okay, but you know he hasn't been. He's not a number one. Yeah, and then from there, you know, they've got like Ryan Lindgren, who's a who's really shaping into a, a great, um, like really identity. Player. Yeah, just a great battler, a, hard worker. He made a name for himself this past season. I started to notice him. Um, you know, mid-season, there, there's this, like this joke running around that it's like it's not a hockey game unless Ryan Lindgren's bleeding for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys that's always involved. He's, he, you know, he was already there, and he's a scrappy guy. I don't know if he's much of a fighter per se, but he's always physically engaged in whatever he can find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, they've got Adam Fox, who's, you know, a great great defenseman, but he's got a we're going to see if he can keep that up. And then Keandre Miller, they, they brought in Patrick Nemeth, um, and they've got you know kind of these yeoman guys like Jared Tenorti, Anthony Batetto, and and then Libor Hayek is who's a good good guy, but they have to sign him. Um, so it, I I don't know. It just seems like um it could be a bit weak there, and then their offense. I don't know if they're gonna be able to t 
to run and gun quite as much. I mean, they've still got their uh, a lot of firepower up front, but the loss of um, Buchnevich, I think, is is going to be visible, um, especially in in the locker room things. It sounds like some of the other players were pretty choked that uh, he got traded. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it'll open up a spot for you know Capocaco or Alexi Lafreniere a bit more permanently in the top six or, or Kravtsov, whoever, if they spell his jersey right uh, when he plays. Um, did, you, did you ever see that, where they just had a huge typo on his name? Not on his, no. Yeah, okay. I was like, wow, great, great franchise. Um, but, yeah, and, and then they also lost um, Colin Blackwell, who's another, you know, battler guy, um, which I think his, his effort, his compete level will be – I mean, Ryan Reeves, like, is that going to – is he going to be able to replace that, you know? No. Um, so, so yeah, I just – I don't think that they got better. Um, I think that they're just kind of at an interesting crossroads of, like, a change in philosophy of how to play hockey. And I think that they're going to suffer because of that. And it sucks, yeah, for, it's, sucks it's for fans. Not an easy, uh, it's not an easy transition to make mid-rebuild. When you've got one philosophy who's guiding, you know this this offensive based rebuild, and right in the middle, right as things start to change, you bring in like a completely different one. And it's one thing to bring in a guy like Barkley Goodrow this off season to to fill a roster hole like like Tampa did when they brought in a couple of those guys at once when their team was already set up. But where New York is right now, it's like they're just starting to turn the corner. They're just starting to build a team. And then they completely shift and start shuffling everything around. It's it's hard to know how that's, or it's hard to think that's not going to set that back a couple of years. And you know, one thing we haven't even talked about yet is that they fired David Quinn and brought in Gerard Gallant, so they could be very different next season. Yeah, um, and that's that's something that they have in their favor to being a, you know, making a huge step forward this season because Gallant's been one of the best coaches around the league over the last handful of years. You know, he's, he's sort of had success wherever he went, and he ends up getting fired under mysterious circumstances at weird times. But he's always done well with the teams that he's been given. So you could look for them to maybe still take a bit of a step forward, but, you know, it's hard to see what that roster's going to do. Yeah, maybe the Reeves thing was him saying to Chris Drury, hey, bring me my guy. I want him back. Um, yeah. You know, I can work with him, whatever. I don't know. Um, but it just seems weird. Like, but you know, if if there's a coach in the league who can work with this weird group of guys, it's it's Gallant. So, um, yeah. you know, and I, the last thing we hadn't really mentioned is uh, down in net. So they've signed Shesterkin for you know four years, five point six per season. But um, Alexander Georgiev reportedly asked for a trade. It's been disputed by his agent by his party but apparently Georgiev wants to get traded he wants more of a you know bigger role because the Rangers clearly view Shesterkin as their goalie and uh Georgiev's you know going to be looked at as but the, the 1b at best maybe a backup depending on how much uh Shesterkin plays so they could still be looking a little bit different there as well mm-hmm. yeah uh okay so I guess we'll move on here to uh the Pennsylvania teams and uh first up we've got the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, they've been really active uh, they've kind of quieted down a bit um, but uh, they dramatically overhauled their their blue line 
Um, and I think it's it's a it's a good move. I think uh, something had to give there a little bit. Um, and they 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 brought in Rasmus Ristolainen, Ryan Ellis, Keith Yandel, um, and then they they've got pending RFA here, Travis Sanheim. So. If they re-sign Sanheim, they've got Provorov, Ellis, Ristolainen, Justin Braun, Keith Yandel, Sam Moran, and and Travis Sanheim, which is pretty damn good. Um, I think that a lot of those those guys, um, or I guess two of those guys in particular, Ristolainen and Yandel, I think will do better in perhaps a bit of a smaller role on on a team. And uh, can can perhaps provide a bit better version of themselves in that lower role. Um, they don't have to be like the offensive guy. Um, you know, I wonder if if Philly's going to use Risto in front of the net <laughs> like Buffalo did on their power play. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that their blue line is going to be it should be a lot better, just on you know the name value there alone. Um, but uh, aside from that, um, you know, they kind of lost a uh, – I can't even remember his name. Um, Sar- Robert Hag. Sarowski Sar- Sar- or something like that in, in the expansion draft. Um, and then, yeah, Robert Hag. Um, but, uh, you know, their, their, their forward group looks pretty much the same with the exemption of they traded out Voracek and brought in Cam Atkinson, which I think is a great move for them. It, it kind of changes it up. Atkinson can score. Um, you know, he can get set up by, like, Claude Giroux or somebody like that. Yeah. And, and he's um, a bit cheaper than Voracek. Mm-hmm. And Voracek had struggled a little bit. He wasn't quite living up to the contract. And uh, you know, the hope is Atkinson can come in and be a little bit more of a Philly-type Philly type scoring forward yeah. than, than Voracek could. Yeah. And then, you know, the the, I guess, the crux of this team as it always is in Philadelphia, the absolute linchpin is in net. So they re-signed Carter Hart. <laughs> uh, they probably got a bit of a discount on him because he struggles so much. Um, so they signed him for, for three more seasons. Um, and then they brought in Martin Jones uh, to, See, to back this, him up. I have to make the same comment for that I made last season when San Jose brought in Devin Dubnik to back up Martin Jones, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm that it's like i don't i don't understand how this is supposed to help because <laughs> martin jones is statistically one of the worst goalies in the league yeah so and then you know brian elliott had his moments but he wasn't the worst but um i think there was a lot of other goalies available that they maybe maybe could have got um but with two million i mean they could have had anti ranta at least he's a better goalie when he's playing yeah uh but that blue line is significantly better than it was last year so, you know, I watched a lot of Philadelphia games last season because I had a lot of guys on different fantasy teams of mine. Um, you know, I had like Claude Giroux and Konechny and um, at times I had Goss to spare. So, you know, I was watching a lot of their games and their defense sucked. Like they just gave up a lot of scoring chances. And so, you know, it, they've, they've really invested in it this season. Hopefully they'll be able to prevent a bit more scoring opportunities against Carter Hart. And to be able to, you know, keep the scoring against them lower. Um, and I think if they can do that, they've got a significant chance of making playoffs. And, you know, as we all know, Philly's bad one year, then good the next. So they're due to be good this season. So um, 
I think that, you know, I picked them to be the cup winner last season because they looked so great the season before and didn't work out, didn't even make playoffs. Um, but I think that they're still going to be in the running for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I like oh, I like the blue line and I like the addition of Cam Atkinson. It's just, is the goalie situation going to work? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think that they get, yeah, I think I, they did get better. I don't. I don't like the trades, all the trades that they made. I think they gave up a lot to get guys like Ristolainen. They gave up so much to get rid of Gossip Bear, and I, I think they gave up a lot. I do agree that I think they probably improved the defense. You know, I'll be, I'm interested specifically, like you mentioned, to see what Rasmus Ristolainen can do in a reduced role. He's someone who played 22 to 24 minutes a night over the, each of the last few seasons. Um, he's definitely not playing that much when he's got Provorov and Ryan Ellis above him. But he's also someone who is like, I mean, analytically speaking, just terrible. Um, and he just, he never, he's been on the trade block in Buffalo for how many seasons? And it's just, uh, it, he's such a contrast between like, is he actually that bad or is it just some sort of weird flaw in the system that's, you know, Rasmus Ristolainen has an exact play style that's exasperating it. So, seeing what he can do in a new in a new team, you know, finally getting out of Buffalo, finally getting a little bit of a reduced spot. Yeah, let's see what he does. Um, I I I really think that like I agree with you. I think that this team is too good to be as bad as they were last season. Like they've got an absolute star-studded roster, and if Carter Hart can bounce back. I mean, maybe he's just had a sophomore slump type thing. But uh, it's, yeah, like you said, it's down to the goalies. Um, and this has been a critique of Martin Jones for seasons that he's just, he's been kind of the, the thing holding back the San Jose Sharks. And they finally, you know, they finally moved on from him, but now he goes, but now Philly goes and grabs him. I don't know if he's really the answer to their backup goaltending and if Carter Hart struggles to their starting goaltending spot. Yeah, I mean, they were league worse in goals against, so, you know, they got to be better than that. So, um, you know, if they could even be middle of the league, I think they, they could be significantly better. So. Oh, yeah, because that, I mean, that basically means you're going to end up giving up, you know, half a goal to a goal less per game than you were before, and that's significant when you're playing such a close game where one goal can be the can change completely change the outcome if you give up a, a bad goal early on you know it's a completely different game yeah or all those games where philly just choked away a lead in the last you know the last 10 minutes of the game because that definitely happened quite a bit quite a bit near the end of the season yeah yep for sure um okay well uh we'll move on to uh pittsburgh penguins and uh this is a team that hasn't done too much either um they've made some some uh, they made one trade where they they basically dumped jared mccann to the leafs and got a guy that they used to have right um philip hollander um and a seventh um and then um they lost uh who'd they lose Brandon Tanev. Right. So that's Brandon Tanev, who is uh, 
you know, an absolute battler, you know, bottom six guy, penalty killer, you know, energy guy, which hurts. Um, so they basically lost two guys in the in the expansion draft. Um, you know, a top six forward and a and a bottom six forward. Um, yeah, and I mean, Jared McCann in the time that he played last season was one of the statistically best forwards, statistical best forwards in the league. Pardon me, in terms of how much he was scoring in his offensive production, which was, you know, he was he was up right up there with elite level scoring. Um, and then to lose Brandon Tanev as well, like he like you said, he's such a energy locker room guy. And you know, yeah. you, you throw so him that's, out, that's tough out there on the ice, and he just um, kind of gives otherwise you know gives the opposition that stare. Yes. Yeah, and then otherwise, you know, they, I guess, they let Cody CC go. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a loss! <laughs> yeah, much to your chagrin, I think. Um, As I'm wearing an Oilers jersey at the moment. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, they didn't really make too many other changes, and yeah, they basically just replaced what they lost. They got Danton Heinen and Brock McGinn in free agency, both of whom are more you know looking to re- looking to find that that Pittsburgh type forward that random third liner that just produces at an unreal rate when they uh when they're on specifically this one team yes <laughs> yeah um and then they're probably going to look to have um Pierre Olivier Joseph have a full-time spot this season which is which is exciting um he looked good for them last season um, and then kind of much like Philly, you know, I think the real question for uh, Pittsburgh is in net. Uh, Tristan Jari had a rough playoffs, had a rough season. Um, it was kind of all around the place. Um, and then they've got Casey yeah, so Smith. Smith looked better than Jari for significant portions of that. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you know, I'm kind of biased, but um, I think, I don't know. It's hard to rule out, as we always say, a team with Crosby and Malkin, if they can both stay healthy. Um, you know, they'd probably be pretty good. They had a, they were really good for how hurt they were last season. Um, they That's had the thing with Pittsburgh. They're always dealing with massive injury issues, but they're always competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this could be, you know, Malkin's last year in the Penguins. He's, he's, this is his last year on his deal. UFA, he's 35 does he stay here after this or not um you know he's kind of voiced some some opinions throughout the last few seasons of just how unhappy he's been and teams try to do things to make him happy and stay but um we'll see um yeah i don't know i i it's tough to see like them getting better or getting worse just like kind of they're kind of the same for me right now yeah it's it's a very lateral thing i I do think the intangibles lost from Brandon Tanev are going to be hard to replace. But this is also a team that we've talked about just how strong of a system they have that they can just bring in, bring in drop guys into kind of random spots and line up and they produce. Um, ultimately, the, the core of the roster is all returning, is all the same. And I think that's probably a good sign moving forward because they did, they like you said, they did very well last season. And it's got to be a decent sign moving forward that they'll still be good. And moving beyond earlier than this past offseason, some of the moves that they've made, getting Jason Zucker and Jeff Carter in, they've been working out really well. So the roster's looking pretty strong right now compared to where it had been even in their cup years. Yeah, that's that's true. I always kind of got to remember how 
tapped out they were for that first win in 2017. You know, their blue line was just devastated. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll they'll be in contention. It's, it's Pittsburgh. You always kind of got to rule them in. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll move on. The last team, um, last but not least, uh, the Washington Capitals. Um, they haven't done too many moves, but the moves that they've done have been, I think, the right moves, in my opinion. They uh, they swapped out uh, Brennan Dillon, um, who probably should have been picked in the expansion draft <laughs> from from uh, Seattle, but, I mean, hindsight 2020. Um, I guess, first of all, they lost Vitek Vanacek in the expansion <laughs> draft. They traded out Brennan Dillon to the Jets, so the Jets got their got the got a D-man, which is huge for them. Um, you know, they got a couple second round picks and then they when Seattle signed Grubauer, they're like, Oh, I guess we don't need another NHL quality level goalie. Um, and so the Capitals got Vitek Vanacek back <laughs> for one of those seconds they got from Winnipeg. So So wh- what did they even lose in the expansion draft? Like did they did they second lose round pick. a second round pick or did they gain a second round pick because they <laughs> traded they broke even. Dill in? They broke <laughs> <Yeah>. even. <laughs> So I mean, it's it's not uh, quite as funny as the Gabe, Gavin Bayreuther situation, but I think it's 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 pretty close. Um, and I like Vitek Vanacek, and I like having him back on the team. And um, it was a cause for concern to not have him. So, um, you know, Seattle Kraken legend Vitek Vanacek comes back, and <laughs> um, you know, it's nice. Not to as see. legendary as Tyler Pitlick. You know, I don't know. It's just like. Uh, you know, I follow a lot of the Capitals players on Instagram, and when the the uh, team announced, like, oh, we're bringing back Vitek Vanacek, I could see, like, you know, Tom Wilson liked it and stuff, and it's like, you know, they all like him, so it's nice to have him come back, and, you know, there's a nice, uh, like, week or whatever he spent on the, the Kraken roster, but, um, so yeah, they kind of broke even on that, and they were able to, to get rid of some cap space so that they could re-sign Ovechkin. Uh, so, that's uh you know it was a must do thing sign him for nine and a half uh, until the end of uh, 2026. So, um, yeah, I, I it's they didn't do yeah, a lot. Legit, they didn't bring who they bring in Matt Irwin. Matt Irwin. That looks like the only um, move I can see that they made because yeah, everyone else was re-signings. Yeah, and even you know trading out Brandon Dillon is not yeah. uh, too bad because they had a surplus of defensemen with Michael Kempney coming back for next season. And so I thought if Vitek Vanacek wasn't going to get selected in the expansion draft, that they were going to lo- lose one of, you know, Schultz, Jensen, or Brendan Dillon. So, you know, they're, they're kind of in a good place to recover from that loss. And the team looks very, very similar next season. So, yeah, you know. so it's it's uh, it's something that I think Washington's done very well over the last handful of seasons is roster consistency. Um, they're not making radical changes every single year. They're they're largely being able to run with the same core. I mean, the biggest move they've made recently, I think, was Anthony Mantha. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's it's good for a team to be able to stay together for long periods of time because that's when you're going to build chemistry and that's when you're going to build that, that locker room together. Um, the issue, I guess, with Washington is they've they've really struggled in the playoffs the last couple of seasons since basically since their cup win they just have not been able to put it together in the playoffs they're constantly getting knocked out in the first round um and it's not even like close matchups like you've kind of talked about they just look completely out of it compared to when they lose against carolinas get dominated they lose 
they just aren't there. So they still have a cup window. They're still in it, but it's just a matter of can they find that whatever's missing in the locker room to bring everyone together and uh, battle a bit more in the playoffs. Yeah, they have looked very uh, sad in playoffs. Um, And, uh, you know, I think part of that from the franchise is there's all these rumors about how they want to move on from Evgeny Kuznetsov and and, – we're kind of waiting to see what if that's going to happen. He's got four more years on his deal. What is what does a return for Kuzi look like? Um, you know, yeah, it's hard because there's obviously there's more going on behind the scenes that we don't know. But if you know if the team's kind of done with a player, that's going to be a negative impact on what you can get in return for him. Um, especially because I don't think Kuznetsov had a great season last year either. No, definitely not. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to replace him inside of the lineup and stay super competitive with uh you know a number one center you know they've got kuznetsov so, and backstrom who kind of flip-flop and the only other guy that can really come in right now is connor mcmichael i was but just gonna mention like i don't know if he's not, ready to slip into that spot right now yeah he's not quite up there so you'd probably be looking at you know lars eller doing a lot of time in the top six which while is McMichael not good develops, he's perfect no. in third the third center yeah. he is perfect he goes up it's not good um no. you know because of injury last season tj oshi was playing center a little bit but you know, we need a center. So, uh, and Kuznetsov has been really bad in his career on, on face-offs. So, you know, if they can get somebody else in. But, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to do a, a a center for a center trade. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with them keeping Kuznetsov. I personally really like him, and I think he can turn it around. And, you know, he kind of had a, a weird season, you know, being on the COVID protocol list a couple times. Um and uh, you know he's got he's got he's got kids and stuff too. So it's like you know maybe there's something going on in his family that that made it particularly hard to to go through the last couple seasons with COVID. So you know you never know that side of it. But I know he's extremely close with the, the other Russians on the team. Um, you know Ovi, uh, Orlov, and um, and uh, Samsonov. So um, you know I would kind of it would suck if he got traded. I think it would be have a really bad negative impact on the other Russians on the team because they're so close. So um, I, I would like to see him stay, but if they do move on, I w- it needs to be the right player coming back. Um, because, yeah, like you said, they're they're still in their window and that's not going to last forever. So if they're going to be competitive, they got to make sure that they can get someone back who's going to replace what he can do. Um, but kind of like, a, you know, some of the other teams in this in this division, I think, well, even more so than other teams in this division, the Capitals look look like the exact same team going into next season. Like you said, they've only kind of made one change, and that's Matt Irwin, and that's a depth D-man um, who probably will play maybe like less than 20 games. Um, yeah, he slots in as a seventh guy, in my opinion, to begin with, so he's only going to really play if someone gets hurt. Yeah, and I'd rather see, you know, uh, Martin Fairvery or Alexi Alexia or Alexander Alexiev, you know, get some time um, on the roster and rather than him um, having a 33-year-old D-man, um, although he is from the city that I live in right now. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that they, they, they're still going to be good. It's just when they get to playoffs, can they can they compete? Where is that compete level? And I think uh, Peter Laviolette's going to be in his second year here as head coach, and 
you know, he's going to have to uh, turn it around as far as that commitment and playoffs. So, so yeah, I think that they've stayed the same. It's hard to say that they got better, hard to say that they got worse. You know, they, they did a really good job to, to get Vitek Vanacek back, though. I really like that move um, to, to keep that it tandem with Sam. saved them a lot Sam. of effort trying to find... Uh, trying to find another backup goalie, especially one on the contract with a cap hit of Vanacek right now, because that's huge. Uh, you know, with how little cap space they had, and they still how they need to re-sign Ovechkin to be able to get your backup, who's shown that he's decent, and they're paying him seven hundred sixteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, and they were able to sign Sammy for two million. So, yeah, I, I like that tandem a lot of Samsonov and Vanacek. You know, and Samsonov was out last season, Vanacek held the fort down and did, did admirable job so um you know i have confidence in them last season i was i know i didn't have extreme confidence in that tandem but you know they kind of showed to me last season i was like yeah they're okay i mean sam sort of had that flub in playoffs where he you know was behind the net wasn't as bad as jari you know that passed <laughs> to, to another guy in, in overtime but um you know they're they're young they're gonna have the moments like that um so um yeah, I'm I'm excited for the season for for the Capitals moving forward, and I'm I'm really glad that uh, you know none of my favorite players on the team were lost to expansion, and the fact that T.J. Oshie didn't go to Washington or to Seattle um, makes me really happy because that was kind of something that everybody in sports media was just like penciling in as like a storyline, like oh he's gonna go because you know Washington was like his second home. He, grew up there blah 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 and then he was like no i don't want to go there i love i love playing in the capitals so um and he's a huge part of the team that wraps things up for this time here on clappercast make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way for more content you can follow us on facebook or instagram at clappercast media or on twitter at clappercast thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back next week with more hockey talk